Thank you for joining us at Journey Church. Our hope is that these messages challenge your soul, equip your spirit, and give you a hope for your future. For more information about our church, visit us at ourjourney.tv. So yes, um, we have this series that we're starting out today. Uh, You guys might have seen a survey Pastor Vince sent out a while back on just questions you might have, and we took those questions together and we turned it into this series we're calling You Asked For It. So the first question, first of all, so you guys know, we are doing, this is on forgiveness today. You can go ahead and go to the the slide there. Um, This is something that you guys asked about in many different ways. Okay, but the question is forgiveness. What does that look like as a Christian? What does that look like as a child of God? What does that look like when it's hard? And the first question I have for you guys um, is, go ahead and put it up there. Share a time when you found it hard to forgive someone. Okay, I don't know about you guys, but I have people in my life that I still am struggling to forgive. Um, That's just the reality of it. And so first up, we'll start with you, Pastor Laura. Okay, um, there has been a time, and I know we've, we all experience times maybe with um, family or friends, but sometimes we experience church hurt, and I have been through that um, with a very um, unexpected from people that, you know, I trusted and believed in, and it was very, very hard and very difficult, um, and it actually took several years, you know, you think you might be uh, worked through something, you think you might have actually dealt with something, and then something can happen, and it all comes flooding back. You have those same emotions, and um, so it's, it's, it can be really hard. That, that's been a time, because um, I have to be honest, when I would hear people talk about, oh, well, there's just a bunch of hypocrites in the church, and I've been hurt by the church, I would kind of feel like... <laughs> Come on, suck it up, people. So, but then I went through that myself. It gave me a whole new um, perspective on how people um, can be heard by the church. We could spend an hour just on this one question with Pastor Laura, okay? Feel free to continue these conversations at home with your family, and even come up to any of us and ask us these conversations later on, um, because there's a lot to unpack, and I'm just going to skim the surface. But with this question, and each of these questions, I gave them some Bible verses as well, and we see in Genesis something similar to that. And It's not necessarily a church hurt, but in the life of Joseph, right? He's hurt by his family, which really is kind of the people of God, the the church of God. Um, And Joseph goes through this pain. Right? He goes through all these years of slavery, all these years of abuse, and when he finally has his chance to get revenge on his brothers, he doesn't. He forgives them. And we see this culminated like where they're before him, and he reveals himself, and he says, you know what? You didn't send me into slavery. God sent me. God sent me here in advance to prepare a way for you all. I am not there with a lot of my people in my life. I'm just going to be honest with you. Um, and it sounds like, Pastor Lord, what you're sharing is that, honestly, there are places that you're not there yet either. And all of us can agree, there are are hurts where I am not like Joseph yet. Second question, because we're we're working somewhere. Have you ever felt like someone didn't forgive you, but should have? See, because forgiveness isn't just when I don't forgive somebody else, but you might have experienced a time where you did something wrong, you say you're sorry, and they're like, well, I'm not going to forgive you. And so that's why I was wondering, have you ever experienced a time that, Pastor Eliseo? Well, I want to share something, an experience that I have. Um, I was working with my father-in-law for many years. And uh, when the Lord called me to resign to that church and go by my own, uh, I remember that um, I left the church. 
And it was not easy for him, and also it was not easy for me, and even in my family. But at the end, my wife decided to follow me. And I went to a retreat, and in that retreat, they told me that I need to go back and ask forgiveness, because also I heard him, and ask him to forgive me too, and I have to tell him that I forgive him. So, you know, after you come in from that retreat, you are full of God. You have all the joy of God. So I went in a Christmas time. I went to retreat in November, so I went in Christmas. And I said, this is the time. So we were in the family. We were sharing. Uh, God bless you and everything, you know. And I spoke up and I said, well, I went to a retreat, and they told me that I need to tell you that I forgive you. And that's what I want to tell you. And also I want to hear from you that you forgive me. I don't want to tell you the rest of the story, but <laughs> I have to. <laughs> that was a mess. <laughs> that day it was worst because all the things that he, has, he had in his heart, he spoke out and it was terrible. Really, it was terrible. But the other thing is that sometimes you believe that nothing happens. And you think that maybe the time will heal all the situations. It was not easy. But it was not only for him, but it was also for me. That day we sit and, uh, well, uh, I, I was rebuked by the and said, you told me that you didn't have anything against your father-in-law and you've been lying to me. It was a... Very, very sad for me. Very, I was ashamed for that. And he gave me a good way to do it. Every time that you go to your father-in-law's house, you have to go and give him a gift. And it was not easy. I'm not going to tell you that the things changed immediately, but the Lord helped me. Uh, like two years before he said, he was looking at me and said, um, I think that, I will start loving you, Cheo. And I said, well, thank you very much. I do really appreciate that, you know. <laughs> I need to hear that many years ago, not right now, but it's okay. Thank you again, Pastor, for, for sharing with us. Um, and an interesting thing, the commonality we already see is you guys are both sharing hurts and pains and struggles and forgiveness dealing with Christian people. Um, which that may surprise some of you. I guess you guys didn't know that, but Christians have issues too. And um, sometimes we hurt people and can be hurt by people. That's a real thing. I didn't know if you knew that. Um, but you can take their word for it. Uh, the first thing is that offenses are real. That, that's very important. Because kind of like what you were saying before, Pastor Laura, and, and also with your story too, Pastor Ellis, that, that a lot of times people will pretend like you're making something up. Like, why, why are you so hurt about this? There was nothing to that. Why, why, why are you acting like they hurt you? Why are you acting like they offended you? Because they did. Uh, one of the problems we have in the church sometimes is we try and belittle when people say, hey, I'm hurt. And we can't even begin to forgive without acknowledging that there's something to be forgiven of. Like, you, you have to start there. Offenses are real. But there's a second point. We saw this with the life of Joseph. We are not God. We're not God. Joseph touches on this, and we see this throughout Scripture. This is actually something that comes up in Matthew chapter 6. In Matthew 6, Jesus is teaching us how to pray. 
Right? We have this wonderful long prayer. We actually mentioned a couple times in the, in the conference this weekend, which, by the way, great conference that we had over in, in Paducah. Um, but it, it was mentioned, and it, it's true, that there's this time when Jesus says, I'm going to teach you how to pray. But it ends with this idea of forgiving. And then Jesus says, for if you forgive others their trespasses, trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And this is stated again in Mark. That, 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 that Jesus is saying... All right, you're going to God. You're going to pray to God. You're going to talk to God. That's great. Talk to him. Part of talking to him is recognizing you need to forgive other people. And you need to realize that your forgiving them is connected with your being forgiven by God. Because at the end of the day, every sin, every offense, it's really about God. It's not about us. And if you're not forgiving them, you're pretending to be God in their life. But you're not God. Because the next question... What is the difference between forgiveness and restoration? Part of what's beautiful about the story that Pastor Eliseo shared with us is he was sharing that process because there is a difference. I think forgiveness uh, is more of, it's the beginning. So it's the one way, whereas restoration is the two way, or it takes two parties. So um, when you ask for forgiveness or you forgive someone, you're extending that olive branch. So you have, even though, like you said, the offense is real, it means you're letting it go. You're giving it up to God like Joseph allowed his brothers to get off the hook. Yeah. Um, he had faith that God had the bigger plan. And so in the same way, when, when we forgive someone, we're saying, we're not saying it's okay. We're not just dismissing the offense, but we're saying, I acknowledge it, but I want a relationship with you. And the, I think the restoration, in my opinion, comes when both parties come to an agreement. Yeah, I forgive them and they then acknowledge what they did was wrong and that creates a uh it it doesn't make the offense disappear but it's an acknowledgement that you both have a mutual agreement that you your your love is greater than that offense yeah the next question this final question um of, of what role if any do you think forgiveness plays in spiritual warfare you're starting to touch on that because well here chess i'm gonna get your answer first and then we're gonna um we live in a you know a sinful world and we have a a sinful worldly instinct and that is when it comes to somebody who has offended us and we need to give forgiveness we tend to want to hold on to anger and bitterness and um, hatred and selfishness and selfish mind thinking and um, that is everything that we should not do Um, what we should be choosing is humility and compassion and a death of self and Ultimately, that means choosing God. And so when we have our worldly sinful nature and all of those thoughts, you know, choosing those over choosing, you know, the humility and compassion and love and kindness that we can get from God, of course, there's going to be spiritual warfare because it is, it is natural for us to, to want to go against forgiveness, I think. And in my case, it's the first thing that I want to do is just cut them off. Um, when, and then God says, no, you have to, you have to choose me and, and not choose you and then seek restoration. And so I think because, because we're constantly playing this battle and this mind game, um, we're battling ourselves, we're battling the enemy. And I, I, I think that it's important for us to remember that with, with death of self means surrendering to surrendering to God to let him fight that spiritual warfare battle for us 
Because I think with for with forgiveness, there's there's no way that I could do that on my own. Yeah, that that's good. And so you're hitting a lot about the idea of, of the restoration part of it, um, and and that's exactly where the spiritual warfare begins. I feel um, Colossians chapter three uh, verses twelve through fourteen. Put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another, and if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. Here's God's word, and he's describing life in the church as putting up with each other. I mean, he's at bearing with one. I mean, that doesn't sound like this is going to be great and fun times. Um, he says, no, bear with them, please. Put up with them. They are your family in Christ. Just deal with it. And you're going to deal with it through forgiveness. You're going to deal with it through love. Um, and it's not going to be easy. It's, it's going to be hard. First uh, Peter 4, 8, I think I did put this up for you guys. Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. Again, we said this, you have to have something has to die. Someone has to die for there to be forgiveness, right? Well, well, that's what love is doing. In fact, if you want to know what love is, you look at the cross, right? That is love personified. That is the perfection of the love of God for us as people is Christ crucified. I mean, the greatness of the love is that he didn't even stay dead. He rose again, gives us newness of life. But, but he had to prove it to us to begin to break us down for us to receive his love. And he did it on the cross. And, and we do it with each other and forgiving each other. And, and that's where the spiritual warfare really kind of starts. That, in fact, here, here's a, a, a point I have for you. Um, forgiveness is a mandatory component of a healthy community. If you think coming to Journey Church means it's going to be a church where it's going to be great, kind of like what Brian was talking about, right? Oh, and they're never going to hurt me and I'm not going to hurt anybody. Well, you came to the wrong place. Because um, if I haven't hurt you yet, it's probably because I haven't really gotten to know you yet. Um, <laughs> But give me some time, <laughs> and I'm going to say or do something, and I'm going to need your forgiveness. I, I am. And, and hopefully you'll forgive me. Hopefully you will. I, I pray that you will. Go ahead. Can I say something? Yeah. I think um, in regards to spiritual warfare, I think sometimes we can maybe blame something on, well, Satan is really attacking me, the devil's coming after me, when something we might need to realize, if we are harboring unforgiveness... That is a sin. Yes. And sin hinders our prayers. Yes. And it blocks that communication with God when we're not making things right with our brothers and sisters here on earth, our natural family, our family of God here on earth. It really does block that um, relationship with God. So you might think, well, I'm being attacked or God's not hearing me. Well, that's true. He's not hearing you because... We, we don't always think of that as harboring and forgiveness as being a sin, and it is. Yes, yes it is. And, and I'll tell you. Go oh, you can clap for it. <laughs> so, so 1 Corinthians um, chapter 6, verses 1 through 11 has a, a description. Um, and, and I want to talk about this idea of the Roman concilium, um, because it, it goes to what you're saying, too, this idea of forgiveness and blocking relationship. Um, and in 1 Corinthians 6, 1 through 11, you have this description where Paul is saying, listen, this is how you need to deal with disputes in the church. And what he's describing is actually what's referred to as the Roman concilium. See, in ancient Rome, there was an official way to deal with family problems. They had a structure for it. The, the, the dad would call a concilium. He's like, all right, we're having a family meeting. 
This is what we're going to do. And we're going to sit down and we're going to go through the process of dealing with these issues. We're not going to bring in a lawyer. We're not going to bring in some outsiders. We're going to deal with this in-house. We're going to sit down. We're going to hash it out. We're going to talk this through. You're going to forgive your sister because I'm dad and I said so. And we're going to move forward as a family. That, that's the process. Literally what Paul is doing is he's taking that secular process of forgiveness they already had in the Roman community. And he's saying this is how we live it out as Christians. Because the reason why this is... One of the main reasons I see why this is spiritual warfare is that if we as the church are not united, the devil wins. But if we as the church are not forgiving, we're not united. You might not have ever seen that connection, though. You might have said, well, we can be united. We're sitting in church together. We're going to Bible study together. We're serving on love day together. I mean, I stand next to them opening the door saying, you know, good morning. I smile. What does my unforgiveness in my heart have to do with us being united as the kingdom? It, It does. Because you can open the doors, you can serve the community, you can do all those things. But if you're harboring that unforgiveness, like Pastor Laura said, if you're harboring that in your heart, the devil is still winning in this church. Because we're not united. And if we're not united, we're not a community. And church is supposed to be a community of believers. We need that forgiveness. Um, and so I have this, 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 this idea that I'm fleshing out, and I'm going to bring this up again another Sunday. I don't know exactly which Sunday. It might be next Sunday. I'm not sure. Um, but, but God's kind of giving me this idea of, of how to deal with when you're sinned against. Because think about it. Forgiveness really comes down to this idea. Somebody sinned against me or sinned against them. How do I deal with that? So go ahead and, and go on. We got, I have, this is if they are a non-believer. Because it's different when you're hurt by family and when you're hurt by non-family. Agreed? All right. So non-believers aren't family. When a non-believer hurts you accidentally, what you're supposed to do is forgive them and point to Christ. I I forgive them because Christ died for my sins, and I use that as a gospel moment to to tell them about Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. Okay, what happens when they do it on purpose? They meant to hurt my feelings. They meant to sin against me. I forgive them, and I point to Christ. That's what I do. What about if it's a a habitual thing? This person, maybe maybe they're a drug addict, and they're constantly, you know, stealing from me. Or, or maybe this is just a, a person who's filled with rage at work and they're just constantly cussing at me all the time. Well, great. Guess what? You forgive them and you point to Christ. It's very straightforward and easy. When it comes to non-believers, that's all you ever got to do. It's, it's easy to remember. Forgive them, point to Christ. Forgive them, point to Christ. That's it. But what about family? Well, families gets a little bit different. Um, first off, if it's an accidental thing where they don't, they don't mean to hurt you, but they hurt you, First, you point to Christ. And the reason why is because they already know Jesus. They already know about him. So you can start there. See, with a non-believer, forgiveness is opening that door to share the gospel. But they already know the gospel. So you can use it as a moment to remind them of the gospel and then forgive them. But within the family of believers, and I'll tell you, like I said, we're going to unpack this even more in coming Sundays. This is just a brief overview of it. But, But... there's scripture behind all these things, but you, you use this as a moment to remind them of the truth of the greatness of God and, and his kingdom, and then you forgive them. But what about when it's on purpose? What about when they actually meant to hurt you? I'll, I'll tell you, as I was preparing for today, even this happened, and I got a chance to say, all right, let's see if this actually works, God. Because um, they meant to do that. That wasn't an accident. They were trying to hurt me. All right, let's, let's put this in practice. Let's, let's try this out. So first, you point to Christ. Because again, this is a Christian. They know Jesus. They already know him as Lord and Savior. And they hurt you on purpose. Uh, maybe you don't have people like that in your life if you've never done that. But I have people like that in my life. And I've also done that. 
where I have times where the Christ in me has been allowed to slip because of my own fleshliness, and I decide I'm going to act from the flesh and not from the spirit, and I hurt somebody on purpose. Maybe that's just me. You guys aren't like me. All right, that's okay. <laughs> Point to Christ first. And then you forgive. And then you disciple. Because this is somebody in the family. And they need to learn how to act like they're in the family. There are rules in this family. Maybe your family doesn't have a bunch of rules. My family had a bunch of rules growing up. And the family I have now, my wife and I have started them. I like to say I have less rules than my parents. But my kids will probably say I have more. Um, <laughs> But there are rules. So the last, last point I want to go ahead and go to the next one here um, is remembering the goal of all this. See, the kingdom of God is a healthy community built one Christian, one family, and one church at a time. That's the way Christ decided he's going to change this world. Is he's going to establish a kingdom. And it's going to be a beautiful, amazing, healthy kingdom. But it starts one Christian at a time. And then you saw this in how, in how conquered the Roman Empire, right? It started with a Christian. That Christian infects their family, right? I think there was something you said last night. You talked about infecting your wife with something. It was hilarious. I was busting up laughing because um, he had, he had this, this desire to serve God, and he's like, yeah, and then I infected her. And the translation in English wasn't quite as straightforward as Because in Spanish, you said, like, I infected her, and I was busting up laughing. Um, and my wife's like, why are you laughing? Wait till they translate, then you'll get it. Um, because, because that's... <laughs> But that's, that's, the, that's the idea is that it starts with that one Christian. You know, it starts with you, one Christian. And you're in a family and it's full of sinners because every family is full of sinners. Uh, it's just, it's the truth of it. Uh, this guy, G.K. Chesterton, he talked about, you know, a, a great joke. If you want to learn, you know, what it is to just get along with a bunch of strangers. Well, well God had this plan. He decided this joke he did is on the day you were born, he just dropped you in a family and said, get along with these people. <laughs> right? That's, that's family for you. It starts with that one person. You're in that family with a bunch of messed up people, and you're messed up too, but then God saves you, and he changes you. And as he changes you, then you change your family. And then families come together, and we call that a church. And then the whole world is changed. But it starts with healthy churches, made up of healthy families, filled with healthy Christians. And we cannot be healthy Christians if we are not forgiving Christians. So I just want to close with that. That, that. that is the goal. That is the point behind all this. We're going to be looking at quite a few questions this, this summer. Um, and each of these are questions that you guys had for us as, as the church, as church leadership. And we're going to sit down and we're going to have a bunch of different mixed bag of fun people I'm hanging out with. Um, but hopefully the, the, the point is that you will see that we're living through this as well. That you might look at people up here and say, well, they are, you don't understand, I'm not a Christian like them. They've been doing this for so many years. They know God this way. We are just like you. We're just like you. And, and God has, has called us to sit in a position where we may have to share with you our walk. But we're no different than you. Forgiveness is a struggle for us, just like it's a struggle for you. Because it's part of the spiritual warfare that we are engaging in this world to be healthy people in Christ. By the power of Christ to be healthy people. Which also means that everybody out there in the world, they can't be healthy like us. They might say they're forgiving people, but who died to give them the power to forgive? And since they have not accepted him as Lord and Savior, they have not begun to unlock the true power of forgiveness. But that's the power we have. I want to close in prayer. Father God, I pray that um, despite my own strangeness, God, that you have used this time to bless your people. I want to say thank you, God, for, for having these 
beautiful women and men of God coming up here and saying, yeah, I'm going to go with you on this, Kamar, because they didn't have much of an idea of what was going on. All they knew was that they love you, God, and they want to serve you, God. And so they agreed to come up here and sit with me. And I want to just pray blessings over them and their house and their lives because I'm so thankful that they were willing to be up here with me for this. And Father, I pray that somehow, way, your spirit moved in us so that as we spoke, people heard from you. They might have heard parts of our experiences, but really, more than anything, I pray they heard from you, Father. So they can go out there and be a forgiving people for your glory in your world. In your son's name we pray. Amen. Thank you for being with us online. Our desire is to journey with you however you want to connect with us. We look forward to doing life with you. Now, let's go this week and be the church in our community as we focus on loving God and loving others. See you next week.